to Central Headlines. I'm Alex Hansen, the podcast producer here at CM Life, here with Evan Sashella. Um, he recently went to the Women's March... On Lansing. In the, on Lansing. Okay. So, what can you tell... Or, what was that about, and what happened? Alright, so the Women's March on Lansing is kind of a sister event to uh, the Women's March on Washington, which mm-hmm. happened on Saturday... Uh, the 21st, the day after the inauguration of President Donald Trump. Um, so they, it was a sister event. Uh, they've had, there's marches all over the country and even on other continents, all seven continents had marches. Um, mm-hmm. So this is kind of, uh, it was in Lansing, this is kind of the main one for Michigan. There was others in like Ann Arbor, Grand Rapids, but yeah. um, for Lansing, this was, it drew about 8,000 people. And they, I don't think they were really expecting that. Um, but the number was estimated by Michigan Capital Facilities. Uh, I saw the, the atmosphere was just electric. There's people lined up across the street in Lansing City Hall, and there's people on rooftops. Um, it was just a, a crazy atmosphere, um, and the, everyone just you know was there for for the same goal: unity, equality, and uh, a lot of powerful, moving speeches. Um, it was just it was just only a couple hours. It was just, but for that Saturday afternoon. It was kind of a localized an event that you know, the march on Washington got a ton of attention. Was obviously the big focal point, um, but mm-hmm. to have this uh, march so local, especially to Mount, it's an hour drive from Mount Pleasant, um, and just seeing you know people in Michigan be able to stand up like that, it was it was a cool experience for me covering it. Yeah, and certain that it was uh, pretty interesting at the very least. Um, so what was like the overall tone? I mean, like, uh, like I'm mean, certain you saw you talked to a few people there, like, while yeah, recording. yeah. It was uh, the tone was basically it was wasn't necessarily anti-Trump, um, but it was okay. more you know against his views. Um, okay, it was kind of you know it was the woman's march. It was a woman's march, so it, yeah, you know it happens every year. Uh, women, of course, you know they were promoting. Uh, and the funding of, of Planned Parenthood, uh, that was one of the things. Mm-hmm. Uh, education and quality education that's free. Um, those were some of the things. Uh, just equality for all people, no matter uh, race, creed, you know, sexual orientation. Mm-hmm. Those were some of the big themes. People uh, wore those pink hats, and I'm not going to say uh, the yeah. name of the hats, but uh, that was present as well. Okay. Um, and then there was just some powerful speakers. The headliner, uh, the first speaker of the day was a. Uh, Gretchen Whitmer, she is in the 2018 Michigan gubernatorial. Um, she, her name is in the race, and she kind of gave a speech that said she is is going to be governor and what she, her plans are if she were to be governor. Excuse me. Um, so she talked about you know Michigan being a, a, a state that will put its people first, um, and then she echoed some initiatives like. So ta- she, she's running for the Michigan governor. Yep, she, okay. in 2018, she was, was going to be running to replace okay, cool. Rick Snyder. So she was okay. there. She got the people uh, rallied. So I mean, why not? <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, one last question. What do you think was your like most notable like event there? Like the thing that like struck to you like the most, or like what you think is going to be like your most memorable moment there? Kind of, you know, just like looking around, like. Before, right before uh, the march started, the whole crowd just started chanting, yes, we will, and then following that with yes, we can, just to see 8,000 people do that. And it kind of continued throughout the day. Uh, Three o'clock, uh, it transitioned from the march, Women's March on Lansing to, like, uh, Women Organized Michigan Summit. 
and uh, that was kind of a separate uh, thing where more speakers talked, but that went on for like a couple more hours, and the the march kind of slimmed down from there, but um, for two hours, it was just, you know, jam-packed, people everywhere, uh, trying to fill up a small space in front of the Capitol building, just chanting, uh, yes, we will, yes, we can, and, you know, all being there for the same common purpose, uh, you know, saying they're not really happy with the president that is in office currently, and mm-hmm. they want to, you know, make changes and, you know, make sure their voices are heard and make sure they all get equal rights. So just be able to hear that, see people, um, you know, come together and, and vocalize that. It was truly a, a amazing experience and one I'll uh, always remember. Okay, awesome. Well, uh, we're going to take a small little break here and then we'll be back with some more uh, news on Trump's inauguration. Hey guys, if you're liking this podcast and others, always check us out on iTunes or SoundCloud where you can download and listen to us and stream us live. You can also check us out at cm-life.com. Be sure to check out our Facebook and our Twitter for more information on podcasts and other entertainment on campus. Hey guys, how are you? This is Ben Solis. I'm the managing editor of Central Michigan Life. Uh, This is Kate Carlson. I'm the editor-in-chief of CM Life. This is Greg Wycliffe. I'm the sports editor for CM Life. And this is uh, News Headline Central um, at CM Life Podcast. Uh, We are bringing this special to you guys because um, a crew of us and the three of us who are sitting in the room here uh, got the unique opportunity to go to Washington, D.C. this past weekend and uh, cover two really huge events in American history. Uh, We saw the inauguration of Donald Trump as president Um, And we also were in attendance to cover the Women's March on Washington, which was really cool because not only were we there, but we also had people in Lansing as well. And uh, we had coverage kind of spread out. Yeah, we had people covering it and from the campus angle as well. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So it was all over the place. But uh, today we're going to kind of just talk about our experiences covering the D.C. thing, because, wow, um, I don't know about you guys, but that was uh, pretty insane from beginning to end. Not to mention our 1,000-mile uh, car ride. But um, to kind of give you a general overview of what we did, uh, I'm going to kick it off to Kate, and she can kind of explain our mission. Yeah, so um, I feel like I've talked about this so much now, um, but we basically, a group of nine of us, yes, uh, journalism students, CM Life people, um, we all went down to D.C. together as a group um, with our professor, Teresa Hernandez. Love her. Shout out to Teresa Hernandez. Shouts. <laughs> Um, and we covered the inauguration speech. We got there super early, uh, and we got to talk to Trump supporters all day long, uh, covered some protests outside as well. I'm sure people have heard about that, but there was protesters blocking the entrances to um, the inauguration, so we tried to get all sides that day on Friday. Uh, and then we covered the Women's March that ended up being a huge event. Uh, Way bigger than I think that any of us thought, too. than anyone really, I guess, realized it would be. Uh, And that really kind of, the main march really kind of started off in D.C., which was really cool, but there was um, women's marches that took place on all seven continents, I believe, is what most people are reporting. So uh, it was a pretty historic experience. it was really crazy being there for the two different days, uh, talking to people with completely kind of opposing viewpoints 
was super interesting to juxtapose against each other. Yeah, it was. It was. It was um, strange to see. And then, I'd be correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but was this? This was like the largest protest worldwide in like world history, right? Yeah, world history. I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Wow. that's what I. Yeah, what I keep hearing. Insane. Um, so, I can believe it though. Like, <laughs> I believe I can too. Yeah. I mean, the amount of people. I think the lowball estimate mm-hmm. for the DC march was five hundred thousand. Okay. And I think the middle estimate that I saw was 680,000. But, I mean, I don't know about you guys, just even looking out, there had to have been close to a million people there. Oh, I'm sure DC. there was. Uh, it was funny. I was mostly not with you two. Um, I was with two other reporters from CM Life for most of that day. And we realized that we just stuck around one singular block. And we felt like we had been like everywhere in D.C., but we just walked around in a circle that whole day because there's so many people. Um, it was so condensed. It really wasn't even technically a march. It was like people hanging out with their signs because no one could really move. There were so many people there. Yeah. So it, people in mass. I mean, it was even hard <laughs> to move around. At one point, Greg and I were trying to hunt down ambulances, yeah. and uh, <laughs> you know, he disappeared for a second, and I was just like, "Oh man, I'm not going to be able to find." Greg yeah, again. we lost someone at one point. Yeah, too. I just saw the uh, the paramedics <laughs> rushing into a crowd, and I thought that I either thought there was a fight there that was breaking out, and someone got hurt or anything like that. But mm-hmm. turned out that a lady just slipped and and bumped her head, and they just came over to make sure she was all right, and they put her in the ambulance and rolled off so yeah Yeah. so let's kind of talk about what we saw here um you know while we were there at the inauguration kate and Mm -hmm. i were covering uh the speech but uh midway through the procession um before trump went up and spoke we got wind of the of the protests outside and you can kind of you can kind of hear it too hear the loud megaphones um so we sent greg that way greg was our, our de facto protest reporter that time. Yeah. <laughs> Greg, what, what was it like out there? What was the scene like? And um, was it contentious? Uh, well, I I would say that there were quite a few different um, protests. There was the one, the national one, that got a lot of national attention, the people that were breaking windows and that they, that burned up the limo. Um, I didn't see that protest. Uh, but when, when I walked out there, there were, I want to say, a, a couple hundred people that were standing near one of the checkpoints uh, to get into the inauguration. There was protesters that were standing outside of there and they were just marching and then they stopped for a second and they kind of gathered themselves and they were giving speeches and everything. And I talked to a couple of them just about what they were there for and why were they, why were they were doing what they were doing. And a lot of them said that they thought that Donald Trump was a racist person and uh, he was sexist and misogynistic towards women. And they were, hoping that they could shut down the inauguration but obviously you know that would that would be a a big tall task for them to be able to do but um i saw a a few of the trump supporters who were yelling back at the protesters and a lot of uh, obscenities and uh, expletives that were used there Um, one lady yelled at the protesters if you don't like if you don't like trump being the president then just effing effing leave the country and the protesters over their microphones or screaming F Donald Trump. So it was really intense over there. <laughs> and uh, and then there was another giant protest down, um, I can't remember the street name, but they blocked another egg entrance, um, but police just let them go. They just let them block the entrance. I asked the police officer, like, um, is, is it okay? Are you guys going to do anything? And he's like, no, this is their First Amendment. They have every right to, to block this um, as long as it doesn't get violent or anything like that. And there were just people arm in arm. They were... Um, 
there were people, gay people, black people, um, you name it, they were there all, all in hands, all together, supporting each other, just um, trying to fight the cause that they that they believed that they were fighting. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, I, I read it in your story, but I didn't really get a chance to ask you about it. I guess the um, the police officer's kind of reaction to your mm-hmm. question uh, is kind of was kind of cool to hear because we all were like kind of worried uh like ben was telling us and kind of warning us earlier in the day like hey when you're covering these protests um especially greg since you were the main one on that task um there might be like a new police force coming in under trump so we don't know uh really what their demeanor is going to be like um with these protesters if they're going to be in favor of that or not but it sounds like they were really chill about like letting these people uh, demonstrate their rights to do this. Um, I talk to Trump supporters all day, though. I never was in the thick of the protests like you, so mm-hmm. I never really witnessed that firsthand. But when I was talking to, like, the diehard Trump supporters in, uh, what was the place? We Union, were in Square. Union Square. Union Square, yeah. That's standing room. Yeah. Um, they were all, they all mentioned the protesters towards the middle of the day, kind of leading up to the speech and... Uh, not not in good terms. They were saying so, some of them, someone said they got pushed by someone. Um, they said it was starting to get like very disrespectful and like kind of violent. So I don't know uh, what was your kind of experience with that, Greg. Kind of seeing them interact with uh, people trying to get in. Well, <clears throat> yeah, I talked to a Trump supporter who said that one they originally blocked one of the checkpoints and they had to shut the checkpoint down because there were so many protesters um, and they had to wait an hour before they could before they could uh, restart the checkpoint and the Trump supporter was really upset about that he was also yelling at the protesters because he felt like although they had their right to you know block the protests or um, voice their opinions the Trump supporters also had the right to go into the inauguration so by the protesters blocking the checkpoint they weren't allowing people to get into the inauguration that they felt that they had the right to see but uh, I thought that a few of the Trump supporters just felt like um, the protesters were were there to more so cause a lot of uh, disruption and destruction instead of because it, they were saying that it was a peaceful uh, transition of power. And they felt mm-hmm. that the protesters were kind of getting in the way of that. And they kind of they blamed a lot of one guy blamed it on uh, the Black Lives Matter movement. And he said that they were a bunch of thugs and uh, gangsters and, and that kind of thing. And uh, I don't know. It was just weird to see so many uh, different um, different opinions on what was going on. Um, yeah. And it was just it was it was a crazy experience. But I don't know. I don't know what side I, you know. Yeah, I'm not I, asking I you to pick. Sorry, I'm not asking you to pick yeah, sides. I'm, I'm just. Sides I wondered, where do you like, stand, Greg? no, no. <laughs> where do you stand? I was just listening to the Trump supporters because yeah. I didn't see it firsthand. I was like, I wonder if they were getting violent or not. Like, uh, the people in opposition, like trying to block. I didn't know if there was actually any violence going on or yeah. if it's just strictly like, hey, we're here linking arms, trying to block this checkpoint, or like how peaceful it was. Because um, I know it can get kind of contentious on both sides, I'm sure. Yeah, I didn't see any violence from the protests that I was standing next to, but okay. I did see on Twitter where there was that there was that video of the Trump supporter with the Trump hat on. He was putting out that fire. He was extingu- extinguishing a fire, and then some guys came up and ran and took his hat, and then he tried to get his hat back, and they tackled him, and uh, it just got into a really big scrum. That was probably the most violent thing that I saw it, mm-hmm. but that was just on 
on Twitter that wasn't in person. So yeah. okay, the yeah. protesters that I saw, they weren't really trying to cause any uh, disruption uh, on a violent level, but just in a in a peaceful way. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that it's odd because that didn't really fit with what we thought was going to happen. And mm-hmm. You guys were exactly right. I mean, um, I don't know what his name is, and excuse me for not knowing this, but uh, yeah, you're exactly right. At noon on Inauguration Day, um, Trump ordered his, what was Obama's current um, head of like the Secret Service and the police force in D.C. Mm-hmm. to vacate. Um, and that person actually did say in a Times article that it was like, it's really kind of odd the timing of this. This usually doesn't happen. We typically wait until the inauguration is over, the rest right. of that night, and then move on. Um, so when I read that, originally, I mean, I had like a perception that there was going to be some skull cracking going on. Or at least the mm-hmm. possibility for that, yeah. Yeah, and that was that was not the case. Um, at least not from what we saw. No. And then um, when, when Teresa did go to uh, the, the Trump Hotel in D.C. later, the day, day after, um, mm-hmm. she did say that the cops there were much more aggressive. Oh, okay. Much more um, in your face than those other cops. So it's, it's kind of oh. weird. I don't know whether that was because these cops knew that they had to chill out because it could have been national news if they right. freaked out. Yeah. Could I be. also got a sense that maybe some of these cops didn't really, you know, agree with, with Trump. But we'll never know. Yeah. We'll never know where they stand. Um, it was just weird. It was yeah. super odd. Just because you're a cop, it doesn't mean you're going to be on, like, one side or the other necessarily no. but um no, it is interesting to, to kind of look at yeah um yeah the, me and me and ben were uh we were uh reporting on focusing on just the speech itself trying to write that story um while greg was out trying to cover the protests so we were really uh mostly just surrounded by the trump supporters the whole time um and we were talking to them all morning. We got there what time? Like seven oh, in the Lord. morning. Oh Lord, we uh, I mean we left. We left at like f- four, five. Left Leesburg, Virginia, five. around four yeah. a.m. <laughs> got three hours of sleep the night before <laughs> of our five Excuse ten me. hour drive in. Um, and so we hopped the metro station train, thinking that there was going to be a lot of traffic, things like that. Yeah. Unfortunately, there was not a lot of traffic. Um. <laughs> And, you know, all those news reports that you guys have heard that there was, like, you know, not a whole lot of people there. There was a lot of people there, but those images... It took a while. It did take a while. I, like, there wasn't a ton of people there when we thought there would be. Yeah. Um, our professor, Teresa, went to the last Obama inauguration uh, four years ago, I believe, and she she told us to get up very early, get there at, like, 6 or 7, which we did. We got there, like, around six 6-ish, I think. Um, and it was pretty pretty bare uh, compared to my expectations from Same. her past experiences. Yeah. Not to say it didn't kind of fill up, at least where we were at, by the time did. of his speech, yeah. Um, so I don't know. There's that whole controversy going on right now, which I there's so many factors, so many moving parts. It's like, I don't know. But I know what I saw. And it's It took a while to fill up, whatever that was, Yeah. Uh, whatever reason for that. But, but we got there around 7. Yeah. And um, we were able to take some pictures and interview some people. And it was interesting. Um, mm-hmm. One thing that I think that we all kind of had a consensus on was that, um, you know, interviewing some of these Trump supporters who were, like, very, very diehard. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. was interesting because a lot of what they said – didn't really have a whole lot of context. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it was kind of just like these repeated lines from the campaign. Right. You know, I covered a lot of Trump rallies with, with Ann Arbor News, but also here with you guys too. And it was it was kind of just the same thing. But we did mm-hmm. we did 
find some people who said some really interesting things. Um, Kate, you talked to uh, someone from Michigan, formerly from Michigan, who was way more focused on policy, uh, which was was interesting enough. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, because we didn't we didn't get a lot of that. But you know, what was that like? Kind of just like yeah, actually, um, a few people I talked to actually uh, who were diehard Trump supporters there did. I kind of. I asked them if they had any specific policies, so I'm sure that was part of it. But most of them said that they supported Trump on his immigration policy. Um, it's mostly immigration, tightening the borders kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked to a lot of people who really supported his like military stances. Um, they liked the fact that uh, he, to them, they thought he supported police officers, people in that line of work. Um, so that was really interesting. Another interesting thing is a lot of people there, I noticed, were from out of state. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe not necessarily around the D.C. area. And I talked to two girls who actually were very, who lived very close by. I went to college at George Washington, which is right around the corner, I believe, from where we were, Capitol mm-hmm. Hill. Yeah. Uh, and they, one of them was actually a Hillary supporter, and she just wanted to see the, the event, be there for watching the next president, um, which I totally get. If you're right there, why not? Um, but she said on her campus, at least, it was completely different from that day. Like, it's, she said it was mostly progressive. So it was weird for her to see, like, kind of in her hometown kind of place, just seeing it being all Trump people. She said it's usually not like that around there. So um, that was kind of interesting to me. All these people felt strongly enough to support Trump to get there from out of state no matter how how far they had to go kind of thing um so that was another thing and every every opinion I heard I just I heard Trump hit on every main point in his speech yeah Yeah. it was just like a pattern all day it was so interesting yeah um what were some of the patterns I guess you guys noticed when you were talking to people well here's the thing is that what, what I thought was interesting um when I was talking to some of these people, whether they were Trump supporters or not, mm-hmm. like in the case of people just showing up just to see it. Yeah. It seemed like there was a sense of, well, I may not agree with them or I do with I do agree with them, but mm-hmm. this is the president of the United States now and this is a national event. So right. to miss this would be, you know, I don't know want to say unpatriotic because that's that's <laughs> going in a weird territory, but it was important for people to go and see this. Mm-hmm. When we actually got into the meat of the speech Got a completely different tone Ooh, yeah. from the type of respect that was shown. Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah, they can say peaceful transition of power, got to respect the president. But me and Ben, where they're covering the speech and these people around us, uh, whenever they showed Hillary Clinton or any of the Obamas on the Bernie jumbotron. Sanders, yeah, Bernie Sanders for sure. Any Democrat. Even Paul Ryan. Oh, yeah, Paul Even Ryan. Paul They're Ryan. hating on Paul Ryan they big time. They booed, they yelled, they <laughs> harangued, um, you know. Well, I thought was, I... Um, yeah, there was a Trump supporter who brought a sign in, and I, I thought that they said that we couldn't bring signs, their people they couldn't did. bring signs, they and then he had a sign that. that said, thank God Obama's gone, and then on the back of it, it said... Hillary Clinton for pre- for prison mm-hmm. 2017. Too. So yeah, they they were all out there. A lot of them, yeah. They it, it changed once Trump and mm-hmm. the or once the Democrat. You could see the Democrats on the on the screen and everything like that. They I don't know. Yeah, they say it was a peaceful transition, but I don't know. All respect was gone immediately. <laughs> yeah. I thought I'd heard it all when President Obama first got elected of people yeah. bashing him. I have not heard 
those kind of remarks that yeah. I heard during that, like leading up to that speech when they showed everyone on the screen, I just looked over at Ben and we're like, kind of just shaking our heads. We we're move? like, yeah, we were kind of scared. Yeah, it was crazy. It was really weird, and you know, the stuff wasn't necessarily. <laughs> I mean, was it offensive? Yes or no? It depends on what your degree of it understanding. It was just of off the rails. Yeah. It was just it was just constant, and it yeah. was in a constant stream. And and it's um, like you know, it's it was like rehearsed. Like they had all of these things ready to go. Yeah. It's like they've just been fed this almost. It was it was unfortunate, and you know, the thing is, is that like you can't you can't in one breath say respect this mm-hmm. while disrespecting an, another you know legitimate president. Like yeah. let's be very real here. Like. Trump may not have won that popular vote, but he won the Electoral College. He exactly. is a legitimate president. Yeah. And no matter what people feel about him, the fact is he's our president. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to buck against the not my president people because they have every right to feel the way that they <laughs> sure. do. Sure. Yeah. But like, I don't know. It's just it was just so But if odd. you're gonna use that as an argument, yeah. I don't know. It was You can't demand one thing and then not do yeah, the other. Exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, um but interestingly yeah. enough. You know, despite that, there were some people there who actually thought that Hillary Clinton was going to be, yeah, be the 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 lady in charge. Um, and Greg ran into the, some of those people. So oh, tell that yeah. anecdote because that was that's that great. was interesting. Yeah, there were uh, there was a family from Atlanta, Georgia, mm-hmm. originally from Chicago, but they they live in in Atlanta right now, and they said that the only reason. They originally were coming because they thought that um, Hillary Clinton was going to win, so they booked a hotel for the anticipation of Hillary Clinton being not being um, sworn into the presidency. But once they found out that she lost, they tried to get their money back <laughs> from the hotel, but the hotel... Like NASA. Yeah, they That's denied cool. that. That's not going to happen. <laughs> so they were like, well, you know, we already paid for this, so we might as well uh, just come here. And they should have doubled their money. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> and they got their, their tickets from... Um, John, or wait, uh, Senator Lewis from Atlanta, Mm -hmm. or from Georgia. Um, So they were able to get their tickets from there. But yeah, they weren't even uh, Trump supporters. In fact, the husband, he bought his Trump hat that morning (laughs) of the inauguration. (laughs) So I just thought that was weird. Um, But yeah, they, although they didn't vote for him, they were still on board with him um, because they felt that he was the president now and they they had to support him because he's the new leader uh, of, of America's. Yeah. And, you know, that's not to say that everybody there was a Trump supporter was disrespectful. Yeah, no. um, It was was a small contingent of people. Mm -hmm. They were loud, though, and they were where we were standing. (laughs) Quite vocal. Yeah, (laughs) quite vocal. The few people that were vocal were quite vocal. Yeah. Um, So it made for a really weird affair. And the minute, (laughs) you know, uh, President Trump came on and, you know, said his speech, which was, dare I say, a well-performed speech, a Uh well-written speech, some of the content was a little terrifying, but um, that's just my personal opinion. Yeah, based off of everyone else's opinions I've heard that day, I was like, yep, that was a good speech that he delivered straight to the people that voted him into office. His base is kind definitely of thing. playing to his base. That's yeah. who he was appealing um, to. But those people definitely uh, got quiet when he when he, when he he went on. Yeah. And then, you know, hooted and hollered a little bit afterward. Oh, yeah. But, um, you know, and that was the day. And, uh, you know, th- things did get a little crazy after we, we had to leave. Um, unfortunately, we couldn't bring our laptops. We couldn't mm-hmm. bring any of most of our work gear in. Um, so we had to take a trip back to Leesburg. Um, but as the day progressed, there was, you know, as Greg mentioned earlier, a limo got trashed in the parade. Uh, somehow 
those people backed around one more time and actually lit it on fire hours later, like the same limousine. Yeah, um, we the people on the side of it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so to say that like everything was honky dory and it was just a few protests. Let's let's be clear, there were some instances mm. of of outbursts of violence. Um, oh yeah, but they they were controlled pretty quickly. Um, I believe it was like what the anarchists they smashed up a McDonald's. Yeah. It was like a Starbucks. It was a Starbucks. Starbucks. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So, you know, smashing windows, doing things like that. Yeah. And it was it was weird. And I think the atmosphere the next day mm-hmm. was completely just quite different. Turned on its head, really. Yeah. Um we should have gotten up earlier for the next day. <laughs> we we all realized that everything was gonna be okay. Too little, too late. Um we're like, Oh, it's a protest. It'll everything will be a little less organized. Like people the subways won't be crowded or anything. It'll be fine if we get there at like ten. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was that was not the case. The subway stops were being, like, the subway was being shut down. Like it couldn't stop because we couldn't let any more people. Yeah. On the trains, it was insane. We would get into metro station, right? Yeah. And we would look out, and the the whole station would just be teeming with people, mm-hmm. like looking in, like, can we get on this train? Mm-hmm. And we're just like, absolutely not. We're like already packed to the brim. We were like sardines, man. And uh, we kind of got in in a shady way. Yeah. We yeah. kind of we pulled we pulled some moves. Um, but we you know we had we tried to get down there, and it was just so hard. And it was it, like that's another juxtaposition that was really crazy. Is that like. You know, we assumed that moving throughout the inauguration was going to be like how it was on that Women's March Day and yeah. then vice versa. And it just was totally flipped. It was. Yeah, we expected it to be a lot harder to use public transportation on the inauguration as opposed to the protest. And yeah. it was really the other way around. Um, but we did eventually make it down there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was not expecting what we saw. I was expecting, I guess, more of a protest. And it was a protest. It was um, a march. I mean, it was a formal yeah, march, eventually. I know the, the f- quote, official um, on the Women's March website, I don't think was a protest against Donald Trump. I think it was more of a solidarity thing. Mm-hmm. It, it was a protest. Um, and I was expecting it to be a little more hardcore, angry protest. Than it was it, way more it, about love. Yes, and, it was yeah. like a celebration of, like, womanhood. Like, mm-hmm. And it, was, it wasn't just women. It was intersectionality also of feminism which i've never seen on that large of a scale um so that was that was pretty amazing i i don't know we all kind of reflected afterward and like looking out on the crowd (coughs) after we got like all of our interviews done we kind of we just started walking with people Mm -hmm. like just experience experiencing it for ourselves um and it was it was life-changing honestly I started crying at one point just because of, like, how many people were there all together for the same cause. Um, and it really was, like, an act of love and supporting each other. So it was yeah. really amazing. I agree. Um, so we split up that day, and uh, Greg and I were looking for, for protesters uh, who were opposed to the Women's March. Right. <clears throat> and we eventually found some. A lot of them were pro-life, uh, you know, street preachers and things like that. And then Kate went off to go, you know, write the main bar of this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but at one point, Greg and I tried to, like, use Facebook Live. <laughs> we couldn't get it to work. There was just way too many people around. And it was pretty ridiculous. Like, we just could not access any internet connection. So we went up on a bridge that was actually, like, a another train system. Yeah. It's like an Amtrak. Amtrak, yeah. And so we got some video. We looked at some stuff. But um, 
you know, same thing with Kate. I was just like, I was kind of overwhelmed. Eventually at one point I put my cell phone down just to look, look at it. And I'm, you know, I kind of cried a little bit. Um, I mean, I did because it was just yeah. like, wow, this is just crazy. And not to like kind of show biases <laughs> or anything like that. But, you know, one thing that I've noticed about the conservative movement <coughs> and specifically this conservative movement is that no matter how many different factions you have in the Republican Party, mm-hmm. there's a through line that connects all of them. And it was that through line that was able to make all of them kind of just like fall in line and say, well, we have to vote for Trump. Yes. Yep. Um, you don't have that on the side of the Democratic Party. No, that's a great point. And I heard you talking about this earlier and I completely agree. Yeah. Um, until the day after the inauguration on the Women's March, none of the liberal uh, Democratic base could really get on the same page and like back one central theme until mm-hmm. that day. Um, and I truly believe like looking back on it now, that's why could was definitely probably a reason why uh, Donald Trump was elected. We couldn't get on the same page yeah. with third party, Hillary Clinton, Bernie Sanders, whatever you whatever you want to call it. Uh, we were all all pretty split. All that side was pretty split, in yeah. my opinion. And that um, that day was just, you know, overwhelming with now we're all finally together. Yeah. You know, um, I. I study a lot about like the old civil rights movement and the Southern civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. And I am convinced that um, if the LGBT community was able to be more out then, mm-hmm. um, I doubt that that civil rights movement would have accepted them because they all came out of the church. Yeah. You know? And that's understandable. Um, I understand people feeling the way that they do. But it was interesting to see Black Lives Matter to- like arm in arm with trans people, yeah. with gays and lesbians, with bisexual people, with men, with children, you know, and women. And Everybody was there. of like, no gender. Like, it was really across the board. Yeah. Um, people say how diverse it was, and it's really true from yeah. what I saw, at least. And the, it, the cool thing was, too, um, I saw white people holding up Black Lives Matter signs. Um, I saw, like just people of different races supporting each other of different like sexualities that kind of thing um people were there for their own beliefs and their own identities but they were there supporting they really were there supporting each other too um so that was really awesome to see i don't know yeah great what did you feel uh i felt that it was definitely unified uh especially when we ran into a giant group of uh, street preachers. That was interesting. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, there were a lot of chants of uh, Black Lives Matter. um, And it was funny that there was one sign that said uh, homosex is a sin. And right in front of the sign, there was uh, two women that started tongue kissing right in front of the the person (laughs) that was holding the sign. I I just thought that was uh, it was just an interesting moment. Just they were just, you know, standing in the face of uh of the the people that oppose what they believe in and they were saying you know what i don't care what you believe this is what i believe and they they were going to show that um and i thought that that's what a lot of that was about was a lot of those people were there to voice who they are and be proud of it and then you had people that were supporting who they were as well as supporting who they are so i thought that just everyone there was just there to be there for everyone else um aside or along with their with their beliefs so yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely and you know, that that point I saw that too yeah. um I was right there with you and 
that that exemplified that entire march for me. You know what yeah. I mean? And nobody got violent. It got there were some shouting matches oh, yeah. for sure. It got <laughs> intense. Um, eventually, some of the police had to like say like, all right, give some of these people this, this their space. Yeah. Um, but you know, because it was not violent. And because, like, there was that moment of just, like, I am who I am, mm-hmm. I'm proud of who I am, and I'm going to be who I am no matter what you say or what you feel, exactly mm-hmm. like Greg said, yeah. um, to have that open defiance of just, like, that that kiss, you know? Yeah. It's, um, it was a special moment, and, uh, you know, no matter how you feel about any of this stuff, um, it shows you the power of people when they come together. Mm-hmm. It, it makes sense now why... Donald Trump or why why the Republican Party won. Yeah, um, it makes I, a lot more sense to me now. I I don't know, and because I didn't know that there was that many people like the people I saw the day of the Women's March. I never knew that that like base of people mm-hmm. was as big as it was. I had no clue. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it was. It's kind of sad a little bit. Um. Today I see a lot of my friends. Uh, who are like really strong like supporters of like feminism on campus posting about um, how this was kind of trying to be formed sooner before Donald Trump got elected and kind of wondering if the women's march had happened before that where we would be now. Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of something no, that I, I thought agree. was interesting. When we were talking to Teresa, um, we went to go out and kind of take some pictures one night and we couldn't get close to the White House at all. They had chain link fences <laughs> everywhere. We tried. <laughs> um, but one conversation I did have with Teresa, she said, you know, when Obama was elected, um, no matter how you felt about it, and especially for people who were, you know, part of the Republican Party, um, not only did they immediately go out and protest, mm-hmm. like what we saw with the Women's March, yeah, you know, but in back rooms, you know, Republican operatives were working out on how they could oppose him, mm-hmm. um, for better or worse, right? It doesn't seem like Democrats are usually on that same page. Yeah, it's I guess like, not. It's often very reactionary, even though Democrats like to think that they're not reactionaries, mm-hmm. that they're visionaries. Um, my hope is this, is that while this had a big impact, yeah, this march definitely had impact, my hope is, is that our legislators and our activists and people who are in you know political power who are liberal leaning um, are actually working out game plans because we can turn out and we can protest <coughs> all we want to oppose whatever he throws at us. If we don't have a plan of action, it's not going to mean anything. Mm-hmm. And so I guess like that's my biggest takeaway is that like, wow, that was awesome. Now we got to put the work in if, if people really believe in opposing him. So. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if, uh, the women's march. Everyone who stood behind that, whether they were marching or not, uh, where that will go next. Um, I know the supporters said on their website, talked to a few of them at the march that it was supposed to be a sustained effort mm-hmm. and an ongoing thing. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what comes of it and what the Trump supporters have to say in opposition, if anything. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Absolutely. And so now we're here at the end, but I want to take a quick moment, just do one last thing. We're going to do a round robin of one high and one low of the trip. And we're going to start off with Editor-in-Chief Kate Carlson. Okay. Uh, all right. Let's start with low of the trip. Let's <laughs> um, start with the bad news. <laughs> yeah. Low of the trip was talking to most of these Trump supporters that I was interviewing and just as a journalist, them saying that they don't trust any media at all and they don't believe in it, uh, 
just kind of directly goes against my job and profession. So them totally devaluing that and then being completely willing and cordial with me about me interviewing them for my school paper was like a really kind of weird thing to experience and like pretty disheartening. Like, I hate you, but I'll talk to you. Yeah, they're completely fine with voicing, like telling me their opinions about how much they hate me. So I'm like, that's cool. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. uh, And the highlight, I would say, uh, would have to be during the Women's March uh, when they started playing Formation. There was this big, huge parachute uh, with this girl, she looked like Beyonce. She was like super, like this picture of this woman on the parachute, um, and it, everyone was like waving it in the air. Everyone was dancing with their signs. Um, it was like a party. Uh, so that was that was probably my favorite moment. It was really cool. Cool. And Greg, what was your high and what was your low? Well, I would. I'm just gonna be honest. My low was all the walking. <laughs> <laughs> that we had to do yeah. all the standing around my feet still hurt my legs are still painting from that experience uh yeah it was just some long days i'm still recovering uh but um i, I would also say kind of i don't know i felt as if some of the trump supporters almost wanted me to agree with what they were saying um and it was just like they were trying to throw their opinion on me and say, if you don't agree with me, then I won't talk to you. Did they, like, ask you questions? Well, there was too? one of the Trump supporters that I was talking to, and I um, I tried to interview him uh, after the protesters had blocked one of the entrances, and I was and I asked him, uh, is it okay if I interview you about, the, about what's going on right now? And he said, no, not unless you have a red hat on your head, uh, referencing to the Trump hat. Um and I was just like, well, I'm, I'm here to kind of tell you your part of the story as well. And he was like, oh, OK, well, then, yeah, these people are they're terrible. They're morons <laughs> and this and that. <laughs> and then he he said that, uh, you know, I'm an African-American person. And he said that the Black Lives Movement was like basically thugs and all these gangsters and stuff. And he was like, you agree with me. Right. And I just I don't know. I felt in a way disrespected in a way because it's, it was almost like he was. I don't know what he was trying to get at with it, but... Some kind of validation. Yeah, and yeah, it just... Weird. I don't know. I was real disappointed in that, and I, I didn't say anything. I just looked at him, and I just, like, kind of nodded my head, but not in a way to, like, say, I agree with you, but I was just like, okay, all right. <laughs> but, yeah, but my high would... Um, it was just standing on that bridge and seeing all of those people that were out there um, and, you know seeing those people around those street preachers defying what those people believed in and and basically being who they are and standing up for what they believe in. I feel like a lot of people in this world, they don't do that enough for themselves. They don't stand up for what they believe in because they feel they'll be judged. And to see all those people there, not caring if they would be judged, not caring if they'll, they would, if people were taking their photos or filming them and putting it on social media, just being who they are and being comfortable with it. I thought that was really a, a powerful moment. It, it was expi- it was inspiring in a way because, you know, Hey, if they were, if they are able to voice who they are and not care about it, then neither should you, you should just be who you are. Mm-hmm. So that was my takeaway from the yeah. entire trip. I think, um, my low, um, was definitely kind of like the weird media thing. Um, you know, when we were in the thick of that, that street preacher protest, yeah. Um, things got really heated, and I actually, I Dave probably shouldn't know this, our advisor, but I forgot my press pass that day. Mm-hmm. Oh, after, yeah. After he uh, routinely, for like a week straight, was like, hey, you. You bring your press pass. 
So I was kind of like rogue out there. Um, <laughs> and I was just trying to do my reporting job while also looking like a civilian. Gonzo. Um, yes, for real. <laughs> uh, so I was, you know, taking a lot of video of like what these people were saying back and forth. And, um, you know, a lot of these people just wouldn't budge. And I think a lot of these these marchers tried to debate their positions with some of these people. And uh, one person I talked to said that one of these these female street preachers actually like <coughs> called him a racial slur, and it was just like what, what what does that have to do with anything with you you preaching your message? Um, yeah, I guess like my thing is this is that whether you're a Trump supporter or you're a feminist, you know you can have your disagreements mm-hmm. and you can be contentious. And you know what? It should. Yeah. That's what the American system of democracy is built on. Things will get contentious because these things matter. They all matter to Mm -hmm. us. But the minute you start bringing in stuff like that, it's like your argument goes completely out the window for me. You know, I'm I'm a Latino and, um, you know, so I just I feel for I mean, obviously your experience, too. Mm -hmm. If they would have start talking to me about immigration and, you know, all Mexicans are are rapists. I mean, it was like a real big exercise on me, like holding and biting my tongue. I'm sure. Um, But honestly, I think that was a good thing, though, because I feel like one of the reasons why we can't compromise anymore is because we don't know how to hold our tongue sometimes and like get to the point of and we don't talk to people these radical people and um, understand what they they want no uh and that is something that i did get to do this weekend that i think was really valuable and Mm -hmm. i really had to step out of my comfort zone a lot um and talk to some of these people who i don't agree with um so yeah that was actually really cool yeah. Sorry, I, I kind of no, butted yeah, in there. You know, my high of the week was honestly um, just being with, with not only my friends uh, at CM Life, but, I mean, this this group was just so talented and just did such a good job. And, um, you know, just having that road trip experience of driving out with all you guys, you know, <laughs> knowing that we were there on a mission, that we executed that mission. But we all had a lot of fun and we learned a lot about, you know, I think – about American democracy just by proxy. You know, you know, like, I remember just sitting next to Greg and watching all this stuff go down and just looking, I was like, this is America, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is. This is life. <laughs> you know, and um, you couldn't ask for a better learning experience outside of us doing our jobs. Um, I mean, this this was a university-sanctioned thing, mm-hmm. and um, I learned a lot. So, I mean, I think I speak for all of us when I say thank you very much to, to CMU. Thank you very much to the journalism department and an extra special thanks to Teresa Hernandez for Teresa. dealing with nine student journalists oh. at the same time <laughs> in a very fancy Airbnb. Um, but with that, guys, we're gonna we're gonna kick it off here. Thank you for joining us on on Headline Central. Mm-hmm. As always, you can find us on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter at CM Life. You can also find this podcast on the iTunes channel, on SoundCloud, and on the website cm-life.com. It's not too late to read our coverage of the inauguration uh, in paper form or online. Um, But yeah, read the paper. Thank you very much, guys. Thanks. Thanks.